Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Thiering, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hi, welcome to Episode 5 of the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane Cassidy, Lactation Consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And this week, we are going to talk all about those first crazy days home with your newborn. Um, just a quick mention about last week's podcast. Um, got tons of cool feedback on my Facebook page about extended breastfeeding and moms that are extended breastfeeders and how much they're enjoying it and how, you know, challenges that they come across or, you know, things that they're doing. So uh, please keep all the info coming and keep all the feedback coming. We love to hear it. Um, but this week, we're going to talk all about what it's like to come home with your newborn. And what it's like to all of a sudden realize, I am a mom. Now what happens? Do you remember those days, yeah. Abby? Yes. And the the um, the intensity of realizing that your your role in life has shifted from, you know, taking care of yourself to taking care of another human, helpless <laughs> human being. And like, it's no wonder people are, you know, that go. I mean, I don't. I didn't. I don't think that I was like truly like postpartum depressed or anything. But I definitely had some dark days in those early days with my first. And it was, I remember like, I didn't know when I first got um, pregnant, I didn't know anybody who had babies. It was the first of one of all my friends to have a baby. And so first the labor, I didn't know, you know, I knew nothing about nothing. The labor was terrible. It was induced. And then, you know, then there's all these people in your house, you read all these books and it's like, everything's going to be okay. And this is normal and all this stuff. But then there's doctors and these nurses are in your room all the time. And they're like, this is something's wrong or something wrong. And all this, you know, stuff, we have to take them for a test. And my baby didn't pee. (laughs) Jack didn't pee within like the time where you're supposed to pee so they're like oh we have to take him down for a test of his kidneys I mean I was a freaking mess yeah in the room just like freaking out and my doctor my doctor came back a little like later on in the day and she was like that's so stupid she's like I know how to make a baby pee she's like I could have made that baby pee tap the bladder yeah Yeah. (laughs) sprinkle some water on his penis she's like he would have peed but then they have all this but there's no communication there's no like everyone's just Anyway, so I, we came home and I was so anxious. And I mean, I'm an anxious person anyway. And so now I have this new baby and I didn't know what was going on. Nobody would, nobody told me that, you know, I was going to be feeling this way. I was supposed to be overjoyed. I was supposed to be like, oh my God, enjoy your, my newborn, newborn baby. I was supposed to be like all these happy things. And I was terrified. I don't even know of what. And I was having these intrusive thoughts. Like I was having thoughts of like my baby laying on the ground and like a chair falling onto his head. Uh. Like, like where in the world, like, the, like situations that were so illogical, like it never would happen. You know, like when would my mm-hmm. baby be on the floor? Right. But then, you know, and then like later on, I found out like, Oh, intrusive thoughts in the newborn days is actually quite common with, for a new mom. And I'm like, Oh, well, they, that's great that somebody told me like, Hey, this is a really big thing that just happened to you. All these feelings are quite normal. And of course you're going to be feeling a little overwhelmed because your whole entire life just changed. Exactly. But nobody says that. Like, I think, I feel like we hate feelings in America. Like we're like the, we're like the country that's got the most like anxiety, um, 
you know, people suffering from anxiety, people suffering from depression. And yet talking about this stuff is so taboo. You know, it can't, if you bring it up, it's just like, oh my God, you're depressed and you should probably get on medication. And, and you know, and everybody's afraid they're going to call CPS. Right. They're going to take my baby. If I admit that I have these intrusive thoughts, they're going to take my baby away. And I don't even know where that came from. Where did that start? I don't know because because everybody is calling CPS on people. They're like, I mean, CPS is so involved in hospital. I mean, like people, you know, you even see it. Like people are like, oh, there was a woman outside of my house one time, and this is just a little side story. But she was outside my house, and she's got like ten kids across the street, and she's living in this, yes, ton of kids, and she's living in this little. I'm we're we're not exactly sure what the building is, but it's some sort of like adult support program, and um. She was screaming at her kids one day, screaming, screaming, screaming on the street. And then she whacked one of them. She like whacked one of them across the shoulder. And I was like holding my baby and I was just like, holy shit. Oh my God. And she's like, I think I posted on Facebook about it. And somebody was like, you should call CPS. And I was like, what? Yeah. Why? Why is that the reaction? Why wouldn't I go outside and be like, hey, can I help? Hey, do you want to send your little, how about you send your little ones over here to play for a couple hours and you go do what you need to do? Why are we calling CPS on people who, I mean, obviously I was, I'm a social worker. There are situations that children shouldn't be in, but like the, you know, the, just this, like somebody is having a hard time call CPS. Like, why can't we help? And that's like the thing is like, like feelings and like, that kind of stuff is so taboo and asking for help and accepting help is so taboo. So taboo. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it either. People are like, can I come over and bring dinner? I was like, no, I'm like hiding <laughs> my house. It's like darkness around me. Like I'm so scared. I don't know what's going on. Everybody stay away. Because you don't, people don't want to anybody to think they can't handle it. Yeah. But this is a huge transition. Mm-hmm. It is a huge transition in life and we shouldn't be looking at this as, Oh, okay. You're just going to go on with your life. And that's what people think. They think what during pregnancy, everybody's celebrating this pregnancy and they're having these parties and giving all these gifts and, Oh, it's going to be great. You either get this, Oh my gosh, you're having a baby celebrate the world, which of course it is a wonderful thing. Or you get those people that say, Oh, you're never going to sleep again. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're never going to do blah, blah, blah. Or wait till you have your baby. My insides fell out. Like nobody wants to like talk about the reality of it. And then you have this child, you know, I've had, I've had moms in my office, like, you know, day three or day four. I remember this one dad specifically, it was, they discharged the night before. Well, first of all, the night of discharge, you go home from the hospital, this baby is two days old, they go home and it's horrific. It's horrific the first night home for most, probably 85% of the families. And I mean, and I try to tell them the next day, they're like, oh my God, it was so awful. And I remember that going home with my babies. I remember thinking to myself, this is not the same baby I had in the hospital. I don't know whose baby this is, but this is not the same baby. And I tell people, you know, you now you put your baby in a car seat, you got them dressed, you've got pets, you've got, you know, company. The, the stimulation is so overwhelming that now you've got a baby that's going to cry all night. This is just, this is transition. This is how, this is figuring out life now with this new baby. And I had this one dad that looked at me and he goes, well, we couldn't put him down all night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because people think you bring this baby home, you feed them, you change your diaper, you put them down, everybody goes to sleep for a couple hours. Three hours later, right, you but do that's it what again. happens in the movies. That's what happens in the TV shows and the movies and all that. Why would you think any differently? 
Right. And yeah. Then it's not like that. And you go, oh, my God, something's wrong. Why is it? Why is this happening? Why mm-hmm. is this baby not OK with everything? He's got this four hundred dollar crib. Why don't they want to sleep there? I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and on top of like all the all this stuff that just happened with your body, too. You have all these sensations you never had. You, I had an episiotomy with my first child. I couldn't oh. sit. I couldn't sit. Oh. So I'm like sitting on one. I went sitting on. I sat on my left cheek for like two months. Oh my god! And then it's like I'm trying to hold the baby, and every time I stand up, there's like this pressure on my stitches on my vagina, and like oh, I mean, you know, it's like yeah, it was, it, it's just crazy. And you're like, you think you think that something's wrong with you. You think that something's wrong with your baby. And then there's some woman across the street who's got a new baby and she thinks something's wrong with her and she thinks something's wrong with her baby. And like, we're so isolated mm-hmm. and we can't come together on this because, you know, I would never, you know, I'm, you know, people don't want to admit that all this stuff is happening to them because they think it's weird and strange and wrong, weird and strange and wrong. And that they're going to get in trouble somehow or that they're yes. a bad mom, that this is happening. You know, they're a bad mom. We're just crying like crazy, crying, 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 crying all the time. Mm-hmm. And even now, like I see moms and they're like, well, I've just been crying. Or I'm sorry. They'll be crying on the phone to me. And I'm like, this is a- my husband probably thinks I'm crazy. All I do is cry. It's just it's, this is it's the hormones. Nobody yeah, talks and that's about right. the hormone changes. The hormone right. changes are unbelievable and they'll never be that extreme ever in your life, except for when you have and- a baby. Right. And that's when people are like, oh, well, you're probably depressed and you need to go on medication. And it's like, seriously, by all means, if you need medication, then by all means, take medication. But just because you're having feelings doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. You know, this is a stage in life. This transition is going to be crazy. And it doesn't mean that you're crazy. You know, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Like it is really intense. It's really, and it doesn't equal something's wrong with you. It absolutely does not equal. You're right. It does not equal something's wrong. And then, you know, you go to the pediatrician, the pediatrician says, you know, how's everything going? And if you look a little Mm. weepy, if you look a little sad, then they're like, do you feel like you're going to hurt the baby? It's like, that's, that's automatically what you go to. It's like, there's, there is a whole series of in between on that scale that nobody talks about. It's either you feel great or you're going to hurt your baby. And I'm like, there's a lot more involved there. How about you feel overwhelmed? How about you're not sleeping and that's adding to it? How about, you know, like, why don't we find resources? Why, why don't we talk about this so that mothers aren't so shocked? Right. And most mothers are trying to breastfeed at this point, right? I mean, most of them are trying to breastfeed and it's probably going really horribly, Mm -hmm. you know, which is adding to all of this stress. Like how come I cannot, you know, take care of this baby? I remember leaving the hospital with my baby in the little, like, little care, the care, the carry car thing. And they're like, they walk us out. Yeah. And I was just like, they're going to let us leave with this baby. Oh, I know. Like I, like they're going to actually let me just take this baby home. Like I am not qualified for this new job. Like how, how are they just like, how, <laughs> I, remember, how I know. I remember even saying to somebody, I can't take care of myself. Right. Like how am I supposed to take care of this baby? <laughs> there was no way that I felt like I could take care of right. baby. Well, and I, you know, and I think there's so, so many, and it, it's such a disempowering like place to be because how dare I ask myself if I can take care of my baby? Of course I can. You know, it's just like, we're, we're, we're so trained, especially as women to think that like we can't do things and that we're going to, you know, we're so doubtful of everything because, you know, we live in this society where, you know, it's just doubtful of women. Yeah. 
And, you know, I mean, with my second child, when I had developed this community of people and um, understood a little bit more about newborns. And I remember with my first child, I was constantly closing the curtains and I was constantly like, shh, you know, you're be quiet. It's got to be dark. And I don't care. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Shut the curtains. And like by the time my second came, I was I was scared to go to a hospital again. I had him in my living room. Yeah. And I was like, the, with the curtains wide open, I think the windows were open too. And I was just like, ah, just push this baby out. And people are like coming by the next day that they come to see the baby. They're like tiptoeing in. And we're like, me and my husband are like, come on in, yeah. come on in, come on in here, sit. They're like, we don't want to interrupt. We're like, come on, get interrupt. in this house. Interrupt, please. We need people to come. We want people to be here. And we, you know, it was just like, very noisy and very <laughs> exactly yeah. noisy like that noisy like my dog it is it's just like night day just based on like the level of support and community that I had the second time and it's the level of community the level of support having people around you makes a huge difference and I um people that you at least you know that you trust that you yeah. are feeling the same really? feelings that you are um, I co-facilitate a postpartum support group for, you know, postpartum anxiety and um, mood disorders and things like that. And there was one group we had a couple of months ago where this one mom just like came out with it and was just like, I'm having these horrible intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And like everybody else in the room was like, I have those too. And these were people mm. that were coming for weeks that never said anything. And somebody else just needed to come out with it and be like, this is what I'm dealing with. And we were like, this is why we'll tell you why it's happening. We'll tell you how normal it is. We'll tell you, you know, but nobody wanted, wants to admit that this is going on. Yeah. And I am a mental health professional. Like I, I have a graduate degree in, 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 you know, feelings (laughs) and like I said, you know, postpartum is not my area of expertise, but, but you think that I would have at least come across this information at some point and I'd never heard it before. I'd never heard like postpartum, having babies, any of that stuff. No. I'd never come across any of this information. And it's like nobody's getting it until you're holding your baby and you're at home or even not even then until like way later. And, you know, what always kind of was amazing to me. Now, I when I had my first son, he was born you know in an army hospital in North Carolina and he was born on July 22nd. And we had to be gone from that town because we were done there. By August 1st. Oh my God. So my focus was not this child necessarily. It was like, all right, we got to go. We're packing a house. We're, you know, packing cars, whatever we were doing. And when I got, you know, we got back up here to Rochester and I was like, okay, you know, the next one is going to be different. I'll be able to relax. I'll be able to enjoy it. And, you know, like we had to stop. We came from North Carolina. We had to stop every two hours to breastfeed and change a diaper. It took Mm -hmm. us three days to get back. Like I'm not even exaggerating. It took three days. And it was just like, I remember thinking to myself, oh, like the next time it'll be easier. And it was twins and it wasn't easier, but that's a different story. So... (laughs) I thought like I was the only one that would have had to do something like that. And now I'm, I meet these people every single day that have a baby and are moving, that have a baby and are changing a job, that are having a baby and they're, uh, one of their parents died during their pregnancy. Like crazy, mm. unbelievable life changes that are happening on top of having a baby. And yeah. it happens all the time. And I don't know if it's just we don't, 
we don't appreciate how life-changing having a baby is that we plan all these other things or it's that these babies aren't necessarily planned all the time and you go, Oh my gosh, I'm no, well, a bigger house. I need a better job. I need, you know, like all this <laughs> other stuff. So, but all of that on top of it, I go into, I was in a house the other day and there's like boxes piled up cause they had just moved. Like it's just, it happens all the time. You have to process all of that. That all has to pro- be processed. And you have a new baby that you're trying to learn how to breastfeed and keep alive. And you're trying to heal, which nobody appreciates how much that plays into the role of everything. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how overwhelming yeah. it gets. Yeah. And I don't, I think that's a really good point. I don't think people do know. I think there's, I think there's things that you can do to prepare for the transition into motherhood, but not much, you know, I mean, I think the best things that you could do are like to have a community of people to be there, you know, to share what's going on with you. But like, there's no way to really explain what it feels like to be sitting in your living room, holding a new baby and be like, and, and have that realization that you're now responsible for this human being. Right. You know, like there's no way to really fully explain it until you feel it. And yeah, I think that's what, that's what we need to really normalize like feelings and asking for help and accepting help because you're going to go through that transition, whether you like it or not, you can't be like, okay, well I read all the books and now, you know, it's going to be a smooth transition. Like it's probably not going to be. No. And the books are so deceiving. Yeah. They're so deceiving. And even even some of the best breastfeeding books, because you can't put into words what is happening. And, right. you know, the breastfeeding, even the video that I show for, for prenatal breastfeeding classes, I mean, I love the video, but a lot of it I feel like is geared towards what you're dealing with a month in, not those newborn yeah. phases. You know, and they'll say, oh, breastfeeding shouldn't last longer than 20 minutes. Are you kidding me with a baby that's three what? years old that's falling asleep every two seconds? Like, how is that working? You know, like, and then moms get this in their head. Oh, in the book that I read when I was pregnant, my baby shouldn't be feeding longer than 20 minutes. My baby shouldn't be feeding, you know, this frequently. My baby should go three hours. My baby should, my baby should. And it's like, but in the first month, that's not happening. That's not going to happen. And nobody realizes that. You know, these babies that are so overstimulated, get, you know, especially you, maybe you had this with, um, with, with Jack, once your second baby was born, that that second baby or that third baby or that fourth baby, they are so overstimulated just from the activity yeah. going on in the house. I mean, I'm yeah. overstimulated with what goes on in my house. I couldn't imagine bringing a newborn into this craziness sometimes. Yeah. And I have moms that are like, oh my gosh, the baby is so fussy. And I'll be sitting there and the dog is barking and they're, you know, they're four-year-old and their two-year-old are running around and they're banging on drums and, you know, God knows what else is happening. And it's like, well, this is just kind of the norm. You know, the baby's going to have to adjust and they will. Yeah. But this is just, they're going to be overstimulated in the beginning. That's just how it is. And the more activity and the more stuff that's going on, but it's their life. So they'll get used to it. It's not the end of the world. But I think just knowing, okay, this is normal, at least yeah. in this family, this is how it should be, then that's okay too. I think it lets moms kind of breathe that sigh of relief and go, oh, okay, so this isn't, I haven't screwed my baby up because he's so fussy. It's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. I know I, you know, I, I read comments like on my blogs sometimes where I write, I, I'll write something about, you know, the newborn days after Jack or after Exley. And, and, you know, I try to write as honestly as I can because I don't know what else to do. And I'm not writing like some what to expect. Like I'm going to write like exactly what happened. And people will comment, um, 
oh, this this is a really scary. Like I don't I don't think this blog post is going to do anything except scare people. <laughs> well, I mean, see, this is how we get into this thing where it's like, okay, I'm talking about some really big feelings in a really hard time, and people are like, oh my god, you can't talk about that. Don't talk about that. It's going to scare people. You're going to scare no, them. No, 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 no. Not talking about it is going to screw her over mm-hmm. because she is not going to understand why everyone's like, oh, it's so wonderful. Let's not talk about the feelings. Don't talk about the bad stuff. Don't talk about, 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 about the bad stuff. La, 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 la. Nobody wants to know. That stuff's happening, you know, or, you know, big feelings, scary feelings. And it's like, oh, nobody's talking about this. I'm the only one. Yeah. And I had... We had a mom in our postpartum group about a year ago who she sat there one day and she goes, I am pissed. I am pissed that nobody said anything to me about this. Mm-hmm. I am pissed. She goes, I have so many friends that have had babies. And when I was pregnant, all they did was tell me how wonderful things were. She goes, I am pissed. How can it? She goes, and then when I tell them how much I'm struggling, I'm not sure if the baby's eating right. I'm not sleeping. I'm recovering. I had a C-section that I didn't want to have. I, you know, whatever is happening they say, oh, yeah, I felt that way, too. But nobody says anything at the time because you don't want to scare anybody. Nobody wants to feel it. They just want to leave it behind them. I just want to leave it behind me and move on. That's all I want to do. Just right. Leave it behind me and move on. Yeah, I think that's how you end up having more kids is that you like your brain pushes out all the bad stuff from the first one. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to forget. Otherwise, people are like, why? You know, the first time I was like, why? I would never, ever do this again. I will never do this again. And then like after a few months, it was like, oh, should we have another baby? I know. Like you have to. I think it's like survival. It's like a survival thing to like, yeah. you know, to like forget the bad stuff. But yeah, I know I remember being pissed too. And the other thing that pisses me off off, (laughs) since we're on the topic, (laughs) when people keep saying, they're like, Oh, it'll it gets better. It gets better at three months. Oh, it gets better at six months. Oh, it gets better at nine months. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. Maybe it's different at each one of those milestones, but it you can't be telling people constantly that it's going to get better because first of all, she's going to start hoping that it gets better. Mm-hmm. I was like hopeful that it was going to get better. I was just like, oh, it's going to get better. They keep saying it's going to get better. No. No. And people it's even just ask- raising. It's just having a baby. People even ask me that now because, you know, of course, in the circle that I'm in, a lot of my friends have younger kids, you know, and I've got these teenagers and they'll be mm-hmm. like, please tell me it gets better. And I'm like, it's different. It's just different. It's different. You know, there's there's more challenges. There's different challenges. It's just different. It's not, you know, I'm not going to say it's easy. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, like, um. Like Jack, like my, my oldest, he's six and he's kind of transitioning into this, like, you know, he's getting away from toddlerhood and moving into like small, you know, older kid, young kid. Uh Oh, oh boy. Here. It's okay. Come on. Exley, come here. It's okay. It's all right. And here, <laughs> see, see, I have this, this is my three-year-old crying and it, it's still, it's okay. It's all right. It's your barking dog. So here, <laughs> um, so um, this is the proof that three years old is still very challenging. But so, so Jack is like, he's, he's, he's um, transitioning from like, you know, being kind of a, 
you know, a toddler, older, you know, toddler to like a kid and he's starting to have friends around. And the, yesterday I was like, wow, this is actually kind of easy. I had his friend over there playing. I was sitting at the table reading a magazine and I was like, oh my God, is this what everybody keeps talking about? Is this when it's going to be better? It's going to be so easy. And then they got into a fight, him and oh his friends. Oh my gosh, really? And then they were like arguing and she got really mad and she left and he was like crying. He was so like upset. And then I, you know, there's my little boy, like was upset having this like, you know, relationship problem with somebody else. And my heart was like, oh, my heart was like just, you know, dying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not, it's different. It's not easier. It's just it's different. Just different. Mm-hmm. It's different. And it's, there's a challenge at every stage beginning from when you bring that baby home. And, yeah. it's, you know, being able to face these challenges or at least accept, okay, this is not easy. You know, let's just, let me find a, a solution to the problem. Right, right. Because um, it's not easy. It's not easy bringing these little ones home and then figuring out what they need. And they can't talk to you. No. So you would really have to kind of figure out what they need. And unfortunately, everybody thinks when you're breastfeeding that the breastfeeding is the problem. No matter what yeah, your baby's right. doing, the problem is breastfeeding. Yeah. No matter what it is. And I get that all the time. Mom's calling me with this. Oh, my baby's doing this. My baby's this. My baby's. I'm like, this is not. I can't tell you how many times. I don't think this is a feeding problem. (laughs) Like, This is not a feeding problem. This is a, you know, problem with your baby being gassy or your baby. And those are not. Well, something I'm eating. No, it's not. It's. Yeah. Right. That whole thing. Yeah. It's just your baby with a new digestive system or it's just your baby not settling or it's just it has nothing to do with the feeds. Um, moms, the other thing that I'm thinking all the time, or not even moms, but the grandmother, the father, the support person, whoever they are, they will, what the baby always has to be held. The baby always has to be held. They will not settle down. Why can't we put the baby down? Why can't the baby go somewhere? Why can't the baby sleep longer than in 45 minutes without somebody holding them mm-hmm. and trying to explain that whole fourth trimester to people Yeah, is I, I, that should be explained to them before they have the baby. I, right. It shouldn't be happening while they're in the middle of it because then that probably is scary. But knowing no. your baby is going to want to be held all the time. They don't know. They do not know that they're perfectly safe. Your baby has no idea that it's April 30 or August 30th, 2017, and they're perfectly safe. They have zero concept of that. And the only thing they know is their mom and dad holding them and that's it like there's yeah no- can you imagine going from like this warm kind of like slimy all-encompassing bath to like your to like a bassinet loud that would be yeah loud cold. bright yeah god loud bright and cold and if we just go oh my gosh what's wrong with them they're crying they don't, yes, like, they don't, like, they don't like this thing like- that i got them you know, it's, I, you know, I've, I remember going into one person's house once and they had every single item that you could possibly buy to put your baby in everything that rocks and moves. This, some yeah. of these things look like a spaceship. They're like <laughs> up and, you know, circling around. And I'm like, and they're like, yep, baby doesn't like any of them. Got to hold them. Yeah. Yep. You do. You, you, that's just, yep. that's just how it is. You can, and you can, and people don't know, like you can, you can. Lay down in bed with your baby. You can. You can baby wear. You can do. Yeah, you can do all of these things that that will free up your hands. That will free. That will allow you to rest as well. You don't have to like jog around and hold your baby and like all of that. You can. 
you can relax with your baby too. Yeah. Your baby does, you know, they, they do not get this, you know, horrible aversion to everybody else on the planet. If you hold them, like it's, (laughs) they just need to really, you know, get acclimated to the life around them. And that takes a little time. Mm -hmm. But I remember reading this blog once. I thought it was so funny. It was a mom just had a baby and she was like, you know, I'm a blogger. When I was pregnant, I would sit in a coffee shop and type And I figured when I had my baby, I would sit in a coffee shop with my baby and type. Oh, God. That's what was going to happen. The baby would be in the seat and in the car seat. And I would do everything that I ever did before just with a baby. Mm -hmm. What a shock it was that it wasn't like that. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. You remember like the very, yeah, like in the very early days, my friends were like, my not having baby friends were like, Oh, why don't we should just come over? Let us just come over with like a glass, a bottle of wine, and we'll just like hang out. We'll just like hang out, and we'll just hang out with you. And I was like, "What? Yeah, no." Like I could not even wrap my brain around that happening. You know, like forget about the logistics of how that would work. But I couldn't even wrap my brain around me doing that. Like I just need—I I don't need that. I need to sit and stare at a wall and freak out. Like I. <laughs> You know, I was like, I sit and like, uh, yeah. And everybody needs to be I okay was, with that. You know, yeah. they all need to be okay with that. So Abby's freaking right. out right now. Just leave her alone. Right. She'll be fine in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because trying to pretend that everything is fine is way more exhausting. No, there was like no way I could imagine sitting there and like, what? Well, I, I, I just wanted to be like, do you have any idea what's happening to me? <laughs> like, do you have any idea what's happening? Uh, but no, but they didn't. They had no idea. No, they don't. And what I always, you know, tell people prenatally too, like, if you have company after you have a baby, they need to have a job to do. Like, people don't just yeah. come over and hang out. Like, you, they right. need, yeah. they better be bringing groceries or they have, there is a job for them or else. Cleaning, taking out the garbage. Yeah. Something. Or they or like, are not oh. there. Yeah, and holding the baby while you go take a shower. I'm like, if you know, yeah, that was the other thing is like, if you know, if so, if right now if somebody said like, can I come over and you know bring a bottle of wine and hang out? I'd be like, yeah, you can. I'll be taking a shower, and yeah. you know, you can watch my kids, and I'll run to the grocery store, and yeah. By yeah. all means, bring a bottle of wine and hang out on my couch. I know, it's just fine. <laughs> Hope you don't mind if I'm not here with you. I won't be here. <laughs> but I do have a lot of moms that feel like they have to entertain their their guests. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a cultural thing too, it is. right? It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And nobody feels comfortable saying, I'm sorry, you need to either, you know, I, I cannot have this company tonight. I did have somebody one time who figured out very quickly that the times when she had company was when her newborn was very, very fussy in the evening. And she's like, I, we just finally said, you know, we need to have a couple of nights of nobody over. And the baby did so much better. She goes, and of course, I got that whole, oh, you're a new parent, of course, from my sister. You're one of those parents. And it's like, <laughs> well, you do have to do what's right for you. Right. People right. will get over it. They'll get over it. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, yeah. So I think what we've determined here is that we need to talk about feelings more. We need to feel the feels. <laughs> and admit that they are there, especially after you have a baby and do not be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Whatever they may be. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's calling CPS. Right. Nobody is thinking you're the worst mom in the world. 
we are going to tell you how normal it is to feel like this when you have a baby. Totally. And if anybody has anything they want to add or talk to us about your experience with it or bring it out there, we would love to hear it. Um, I can be reached through my website, which is Diane Cassidy Consulting. Um, two N's in Diane, by the way, D-I-A-N-N-E. And then also you can reach us through Abby's email. The badass breastfeeder at gmail.com. And we want to hear from you. And stay tuned. Next week, we are going to be talking about milk supply, which is always a controversial hot topic. And can't wait to hear what everybody has to say about that. So we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.